Life Audio. I look back on my own life, and one of the times that I learned the most about trusting God was through my journey with cancer. And so I now I'm able to look back on that those years and say, thank you, Lord. I mean, yeah, cancer is not fun. But through going through cancer, I saw the goodness of God because he loved me through that. One of the things he spoke to me over and over again is just be with me, Becky. You don't have to accomplish anything. Welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we discuss powerful truths to quiet anxiety and fear, big and small. We are passionate about helping God's children discover, embrace, and experience His freedom. I would love to connect with you online or to speak at your next event. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with me. I'm Jennifer Slattery, and I wonder if you can relate to this. As someone who's experienced anxiety for most of my life, and in my most anxious seasons, I would read verses that talked about the Holy Spirit's power living within me, and I would feel something of a disconnect. I couldn't understand why, if the same power that rose Christ from the dead, the source of love, joy, peace, and self-control, if that power lived within me, why did I often feel so defeated? If you've ever wrestled with similar questions, I hope you'll find encouragement or at least feel intrigued or at least feel intrigued by my discussion on living with resurrection power with author and Bible teacher Becky Harling. Today, well, good day to you. It's Joel with the King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. We dive into the second of our two-part conversation. But first, can I share some fun news? My latest release, Recapturing Her Heart, a sweet second-chance romance highlighting the power of forgiveness and the strength of a small-town community, hit the shelves last week. Find it at your local Walmart and online. And now, Becky and I are going to continue our conversation, which we began last episode, about living empowered daily, including one major issue that can keep us from fully experiencing this beautiful gift God wants for us. Becky Harling is an author, speaker, and certified coach with the John Maxwell team and co-host of the Connected Mom podcast. She helps those looking to move beyond their personal obstacles to live life intentionally with purpose and passion. She offers mastermind classes and seminars on leadership, communication, and personal growth. She also offers personal coaching for those looking to grow emotionally, professionally, or spiritually. When not writing, speaking, 
podcasting, or coaching, you'll likely find her enjoying time with her husband, her children, and her grandkids. She writes numerous books and Bible studies, including her most recent, Our Father, A Study of the Lord's Prayer, a six-week Bible study. So now we are back for part two because there's so much on living in the power of the resurrection. And actually, Becky, I wanted to, if we could talk about, I think it's important to talk about sometimes we want like this really big grand moment for ourselves. And so I was thinking about Acts 8. If you're familiar with New Testament history, then you might be familiar with this story. But there was a man in Samaria and he saw the apostles doing all of these amazing works and living in resurrection power, living out of resurrection power. And he wanted the Holy Spirit for selfish reasons. And in fact, he tried to buy it. He thought the Holy Spirit could be purchased. And Philip, one of Christ's disciples, he responded saying, I'm going to read it. Peter answered, may your money perish with you because you thought you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness and pray to the Lord in the hope that he may forgive you for having such a thought in your heart, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive to sin. And so I wanted, you had talked in the previous episode about dying to ourselves first so that Christ could live in us. I think we need to be really cognizant. The Holy Spirit power is not so that, you know, if you're a writer, a speaker, you could wow your audience, or if you're a healer so that you can have be on television and be famous. We need to guard against self-idolatry when it comes to living in the power of the resurrection. Absolutely. One of the qualities that God loves the most is humility. I mean, when you think about it, Jen, a scripture tells us that before Satan's fall, he was the most beautiful of all angels. What was his sin? His sin was he wanted the power of God. He wanted to be equal with God. And as a result, God throws him out of heaven and down into earth. And eventually we know Satan will burn in hell. However, in our lives, oftentimes there's this pull towards arrogance and self-promotion and self-exaltation. And yet what honors God is humility. Humility understands who we are. I am human. I am Becky Harling. I'm a human. I make mistakes. I sin. I need to go back to the cross and ask for forgiveness. And I think when we understand that and we learn to live in humility, bowing in worship to God for who he is and that he is perfect and holy and blameless, then we move towards the resurrection power that he wants to give us. But I think about that man in Acts 8. And I mean, I see him all over America, right? I mean, (laughs) and in myself, I see him in myself sometimes. Yeah. I mean, he wants to buy his way up so that he has what he thinks is magical power from Jesus. But that's not what this Christian walk is about. It's not about magical power. It's about us being transformed into the image of Christ. And that is a lifelong process. Amen. And I'm pride is one of my greatest battles. Like I have to pray daily against it. And there's a verse that says, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, which is what you're talking about. But in Greek, the word opposes it's actually a military term. And when I read that, I'm like, well, okay, whatever I think I'm gaining by pushing my 
back to agenda, elevating myself, I never want to be in direct opposition to my creator God. And not just because he is amazing and all powerful, but then also if any place I'm in opposition to him, I'm actually in opposition to thriving life. Yeah, absolutely. And this is for me, Jen, this is why I literally, and I realize not all of our listeners perhaps can do this. It depends on your your physical state. But for me, I get on my knees every morning because I need the reminder positionally, this okay. is my place before God Almighty. Yeah. I will be on my knees and I am bowing before him because he's God and I'm not. You know, we have this whole intellectual scientific mind. We want to understand everything about God. But if we understood everything about God, he wouldn't be God. He wouldn't be big enough to be God in our lives, right? And so our position is to bow before him. It's interesting in the resurrection story, in the account that Matthew tells, Mary and and a couple other women bolt to the tomb because they're going to fix it up. And then there's an earthquake and the angel comes and moves the stone away and the soldiers fall flat on their face and the women kneel down and worship. There, it, It's two different positions. The soldiers are on their face, but they're not really worshiping. Right. They're terrified, right. you know, and then they're paid off by the Jewish right. leaders. Change right. the story. Right. right. They hadn't, they had an opportunity for life. Yes, they they saw the power and they actually experienced it, not in a good way, but yeah, you know, you, like you said, they fell on their face, but they walked away unchanged. Yeah, because they gave in to the opinion of the scribes and Pharisees who said, you know, if this word gets out, this is a bad thing for us. So we're going to pay you. So they're taking money. We're going to pay you so that you say grave robbers came in and stole his right. body. Well, that couldn't have been true because according to John's account, John arrives at the tomb with Peter and they see that the grave clothes are all folded neatly there and the garment around Jesus's face is folded neatly. Well, if somebody was robbing the grave, they would not have taken time <laughs> yeah. to fold those clothes neatly, right? Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I hate to now that says nothing about laundry because if you saw my laundry, <laughs> right, right. I wanted to go back because I I'm just sensing even for myself, but especially for our listeners, trust is a really big and trust is built over time. Yes. And, and we have to trust Christ to the more we trust him, the more we're comfortable yielding to him. And I loved what you said when we were talking about Simon from Acts 8, the guy who wanted to purchase Holy Spirit power. And you you said something, you said how God wants to give us this power anyway, right? Like he wants to bless us with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, everything. And I want to tell a little story actually to maybe illustrate that. So the other day, uh, my my husband, he got me a new exercise equipment and I'm using it. I'm actually, it's January, no, February. I'm well still using done. it. Well done. I'm going to the gym five days a week. Yes, We're yes. just doing amazing, Jen. Right, right, right. Although he did tell me, he said, if this is going to keep you from leaving the house. <laughs> so anyway, but the, yes. so the movers brought it downstairs into our, our basement. And I, and they were saying some awesome things about my husband because he is kind of awesome. But, and I said, yeah, well, he keeps me spoiled. And the man walking down, he said, that's the way it should be. And as I was the next day, I'm on the equipment and I felt like God made a connection there that mm -hmm. he does the same with us. Now he doesn't spoil us. It, that was my terminology, right? Like my husband's not going to give me something 
that is going to turn my heart away from him or that's going to be harmful ultimately to me. But he wanted to give me this gift, right, of the exercise equipment because he knew I would enjoy it. And I felt like God gave that, made that connection. And like you said, scripture tells us that he wants to give us good things, right? Like the, the passage we, we read was that we have every spiritual blessing yes. in the heavenly realms. And the more we recognize that and move away from pride, which I want to suggest that pride and sin all stem from a lack of trust, like yeah. thinking that, that God's not going to fulfill us or give us joy or peace or, or any of those things. So we've got to chase it ourselves. We've got to try to get it through elevating ourselves when actually that just turns into toxicity in our soul. But if like that verse, we said, God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble, the more we live in this yielded, which then leads to being filled with Christ's spirit, the more he wants to expand us and bless us. Yeah. And it might not look like we think it's going to look, you know, but we, I often, let's go back to trust because I, okay. I think that we really can't learn to trust God, first of all, without studying his character, you know? True. And so, you know, for me, I really learning to trust God was a huge deal in my life, yeah. you know, because I grew up with a father I could not trust, which is probably true for a lot of our listeners. Right. So right. I had to like separate God as my father from God is from my earthly father. Yeah. Right? yeah. But how long more, did that take? If you don't uh, mind me asking. You know, it took a while. Yeah. I don't remember exactly, but I remember making lists like, okay. this is what one father's like, this is what my heavenly father's like, and really learning to study the character of God. And so that's important. And he does want to give us good gifts and he is good. So everything that comes through his hand towards us is good. And yet... There's this other side of the coin where God allows suffering in true. our life. That's true. And yeah. I believe that if we don't suffer at all, we can't really learn to trust God. my own life. And one of the times that I learned the most about trusting God was through my journey with cancer. Okay. And so I, now I'm able to look back on that, those years and say, thank you, Lord. I mean, yeah, cancer is not fun, but through going through cancer, I saw the goodness of God because he loved me through that. One of the things he spoke to me over and over again is just be with me, Becky. You don't have to accomplish anything. You know, there were days where I just laid on the couch because I felt awful, but God's love became so real to me then. And so I think there's this whole balance. We have to know the character of God in order to trust him. In fact, one of the, one of the Psalms says, those who know your name will put their trust in you, you know, so studying the names of God for sure. And understanding what those names imply about right. him, right. knowing his nature. And then when life is hard, declaring his nature out loud over, over yourself and over your circumstances, Lord, cancer is not good, but you are good. You are right. my holy healer. You can bring beauty out of this mess. And as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit in that realm, 
then our trust grows. Right. But trust, you know, it can be a little bit of a wonky thing, right? Right. Because we're always like, okay, is this an emotion? Is it a feeling? Because some days I wake up and I might not feel like I trust God. Right. Do I feel safe with him? And we have to lay all that aside and just continually go back to the character of God, who the word of God tells us God is. Right. I do want to say one thing to our listeners in that I think in, if you're in a Western context that we sometimes don't understand, Jesus said this world was going to be really hard. Uh And I I think we expect sometimes, I expect heaven today and I expect God to give me heaven today. And if he doesn't give me heaven today, then well, then you lie, right? Like you didn't fulfill your promises and that's false. That's a lie. But Paul routinely said to focus on heaven and not on earth. And and I also wanted to, two things I want to say to our, our listeners. We read things like the peace of God, which surpasses understanding. And we think of peace as being synonymous with like this inner tranquility, which I think that can be a byproduct, but biblical peace it's so much deeper. It's about this wholeness, right? Like becoming whole and heal and the healing journey. I want to say this to our listeners who are going through maybe healing from past trauma. It is a long journey. And sometimes I think when we feel like, well, we expect resurrection power is going to, like you said, Becky's going to give us this peace and we equate peace with inner tranquility. And if we're in the middle of feeling all this angst, then something must be, be wrong. And it could be one of two things. We're pursuing the wrong target instead of thinking in terms of wholeness, which requires healing, we're thinking of this inner tranquility that again is a byproduct, but not the the main target, or we want to bypass the journey. You know, the Prince of Peace is the giver of peace, right? Jesus himself. And I think sometimes when we think we have the peace that passes all understanding, the peace is Jesus. Right. Amen. <laughs> so oh, good. Yes. is Jesus with yes. us in the trial, you know, I remember laying in the hospital after having, you know, a double complete mastectomy and my husband had to leave and go home because we had agreed together that he would be with the kids. And I just remember laying there in the bed, feeling terrified about being in this hospital. I had all these tubes and wow. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. 
Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. And I just remember going back to a verse I had learned in childhood. Never will I leave you. Never Amen. will I forsake you. And I started going through in my mind. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Not through cancer. Not through changes in your body. Not when Steve has to go home and be with the kids. You know, and just making that verse mine. Because... Peace is really knowing and experiencing the Prince of Peace. Amen. And I know you actually love Ephesians 3. Is that? I do. Yeah. I do. It's one of my favorites. So in Ephesians 3, verses 14 down through 21, it says, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have the power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. And I Amen. I love that prayer, Jen. I pray it over myself. I pray it over my husband. I pray it over my kids. And I pray it over each of my grandkids because we pray that by the resurrection power, we would truly understand more and more who Jesus is and how deeply he loves us. And that strengthens our faith. The writer of James says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so we want our faith strengthened. And going back to this prayer over and over again, like I want my faith strengthened so that I have the ability to understand how deeply God loves me. You know, because once you really understand how deeply God loves you, then you're gonna live more in sync with him. When I love, so the progression kind of that that passage presented. So we need Holy Spirit power to understand Holy Spirit love. And then I love yes. how you emphasize, I don't know if you did this on purpose, but I heard it in your voice. You said that we, we may be filled with yes. all fullness of God. And so it, it seems to me that living filled with the fullness of God, I love that filled and fullness, but <laughs> living filled with the fullness of God is directly related to our receiving his love. Yes, absolutely. And this is why I think it is so critical for people, people that have had trauma, people that have been through hard circumstances in their lives to really understand how deeply they're loved by God. Because it's my conviction that if we really understood how deeply loved we were by God, many of our difficulties would fade away because we'd be able to trust God completely. I remember hearing the story of a young woman who was in a coma for weeks and weeks on end. And while she was in the a coma, she, they, she began to come out of the coma and they realized, her parents realized she was talking to Jesus. Wow. And she was saying, is it time, Lord Jesus, to go back? And, you know, she was having this whole conversation with Jesus. Now, and this is a true story, I'm forgetting the girl's name, but now she says to her mom, oh, mom, if you really 
could sit down and talk with Jesus, you would no longer worry or fear. Wow. Wow. You know, but it was through the horror of being in a car wow. accident, a a coma that she really was able to put her faith and trust in Jesus because she began to realize how much Jesus loved her. That's really beautiful. I want to go back to, I had mentioned Paul's mentee, Timothy, and when he said, yeah, I've yes. been given the spirit of timidity or a fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And he said before then, he told Timothy to fan into flame yes, the gift that, that God, God had, had given. Right, right. And I thought of this quote by David Guzik from The Enduring Word. He said, some are waiting for some dramatic anointing from God, and God is waiting for them to stir up what he has already given. And I thought that was so powerful. And I, and I thought about one, he said, some verses say rekindle, which makes me think that maybe it had been burning brighter and then kind of maybe the circumstances that he was facing caused it to kind of flicker and thinking of how fire needs fuel yes to, to burn and it needs a steady flow of air and i'm reminded somebody told me like use it or, or lose it and our gifts when neglected whether from fear or busyness or apathy or or sin they can begin to kind of fade yeah going back to ephesians 2 Paul writes, for you are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works according as God has ordained beforehand, right? Right. And, and that workmanship is such an interesting word in the Greek because it's the word poema in Greek from which we get the word poem. So if you think of your, sometimes we think, oh, what are my gifts? What are my gifts? Your life is to be a beautiful poem. I love a that. A beautiful story of God's faithfulness. So what do you have in your hand that will allow you to do that? You know, for you and I, Jen, it, it, it's gifts of teaching or writing or speaking, right? Or podcasting, I suppose. And some of these different things that we do for someone else their unique gift might be gardening yes. or creating beauty. Yes. So I have a woman on my leadership team at the church where I serve and her gift is creating beautiful spaces. And so she's doing the works that God has ordained beforehand in that whenever we have an event, she makes it beautiful. She makes tables beautiful. She makes brochures beautiful. I mean, that ability right. to make things beautiful is a gift. And right. so when we look at our lives, what does it look like to walk in resurrection power? It looks like recognizing I have unique gifts because God wants me to glorify him with those gifts. What's in my hand and how can I use it to show forth God's glory to the world? Yeah, as you were talking about about beauty, I was reminded of so Dr. Kurt Thompson, he's been on here in the past, but he he's brilliant. He's he's a neuroscientist, he's a psych yes. psychiatrist, psychologist, I don't know, but he's really smart. <laughs> and he talks a lot about brain changing and all that. But he says that basically all of us were created to bring order from chaos. Yes. And and beauty, I don't remember what he the word he uses, but beauty from destruction that that is God is in a process of bringing beauty to earth. And if you think about it, we all want things that are beautiful and joy giving. And I loved how you mentioned anytime we bring order and beauty, we are glorifying God. Yes, absolutely. Because that is 
part of why God created us in the first place. If you think back to Adam and Eve, you know, he places them in this beautiful garden and then he tells him them to take care of it, to nurture it, um, you know, to be fruitful and multiply. He wants their work to bring glory to him, you know, and then we know, of course, sin enters the world and that's why Jesus comes. But then Jesus recreates us right, right. in his image through his blood and resurrection. And he calls us to continue cultivating this earth, loving the people around us and making things, joining him in making all things beautiful again. Amen. Amen. And I love how you earlier, you talked about just the importance of remaining connected to yeah. God. If we want to live empowered by God, we need to live connected by God. And I was reminded of Jesus's words before he died with his disciples. And this is from John 15 verses one to seven. He said, I, and, and you were talking about gardening too. So it made me think of it, but he said, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And then he said, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. He's speaking to the disciples. He said, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. One of the things that I love about that passage, Jen, it's one of my favorite passages in all of scripture. And if you think about a vineyard and, and grapevines, the branches of the vine are not looking at each other. They're not comparing. They're not spazzing because they're not producing fruit, right? Because all they have to do is stay connected to vine and the gardener waters it and it's the gardener taking care of it and pruning it. And then the fruit just naturally comes. And I think that's a good image for our listeners. Your concern should be just staying connected right. to Jesus, right? you know, because he will do the rest. He is resurrecting you in his image. Right. There's one passage that, or one verse that really impacted me. And I don't know, scholars have debated what this actually means. And Becky, you're, you're a lot more scholarly than me. So you probably know this verse, but it's in Ezekiel one verse 12. It. <laughs> it's, it's, it's this weird, you know, and the, uh, the old Testament prophet, he had this angelic vision. And so he's speaking of these angelic beings and he wrote in verse 12, each one went straight ahead, wherever the spirit would go, they would go without turning as they went. And again, a lot of scholars debate what that actually meant, what he saw. But when I read that, and this was years, years ago, I just had this image of like a feather on the wind or even on the breeze. And I'm like, I want to be so connected to God and so pliable to him that I'm just like this feather that if, if the wind kind of stirs, right, I just automatically flow, right. If the wind, if, if there's a teeny breeze and it just carries me in whatever, I'm not there yet, but I think it's a beautiful image wherever the spirit went, they went. Yes, I love that. And there's a psalm, and I, the reference is escaping me right now, Jen, but it says, as the eyes look to the handmaiden, so we look to the Lord. And so, like, if you were working for somebody at just the tip of the hand, 
you would move and do what was required of you. And that's what God wants from us. You know, just like, Lord, I want to do whatever you call me to do today. We knew this older couple years ago, and they would wake up every morning and pray together, Lord, what are the marching orders for today? Amen. And I love Amen. that. Like, what's on your agenda today, Lord? Because yeah. that's what I want to do. Yeah. I would love to, this has been a great conversation, Becky. I think we could talk, like we could do a whole book. Maybe you should write a book. We probably already have actually, <laughs> but, but I would like to end our conversation talking about living expectantly. Oh, I love that. You know, Psalm five verse three says in the morning, Lord, you hear my voice in the morning. I lay my requests before you and wait expectantly. And I love that picture of waiting expectantly. That means we go throughout our day saying, Lord, show me the places where, where you're moving, where you're going to show up. And then, you know, a good thing to do is maybe at dinner at night or at, before you go to sleep at night, reflect back on your day and say, where did I see God moving today? Because God is always moving. And when we live expectantly, we look expectantly for what he is doing and what he will do. Right. And I have to ask myself, how often do I insulate myself from needing to rely on God's power and his strength? And here's a quote from Francis Jan. He said, he wrote, I believe that the spirit is more obviously active in places where people are desperate for him, humbled before him and not distracted by their pursuit of wealth or comfort. And then he added a few pages later, after all, if the Holy Spirit moves, nothing can stop him. I love that. I love that too. I think that's a good place to end. I guess, you know, if the Holy Spirit is moving, nothing can stop him and he's moving in your life. And so we want to trust him and just go with him in that. Amen. Because I love your prayer so much, <laughs> will you actually pray with us? I think this is a great episode to just end connecting sure. with God. Absolutely. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, our prayer echoes the prayer that Paul wrote in Ephesians 3. And we pray, Father, for every listener out there, that their eyes would be open, that they would understand the glorious riches, that they would be strengthened in their inner be being to know how wide and high and deep is the love of Christ. We pray, Lord, that you would do exceedingly abundantly beyond all they can ask or think. For those who are in the process of healing, we invite you to continue that process. For those who are in the thick of personal problems, we invite you to reinvigorate their yes, faith Lord. so that they will trust you for complete shalom, complete wholeness in who you are. Lord Jesus, may this Easter season be the season where we grow more fully in understanding your resurrection power in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you for listening. If you haven't already done so, I encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode. Share it with your friends. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. 
you're tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling IKEA furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend Abby and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.